heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I hope everyone enjoyed Super Bowl Sunday, but welcome back to uh, YWC Football Talk, episode 63. And today I'm uh, pleased to be joined by uh, Gabby uh, Helbert. Well, Gabby, welcome to the show. How'd you enjoy the game? Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. It definitely was an interesting game. Um, Thought it would be a lot closer of a game than it was. Didn't expect a blowout like that, but I enjoyed watching it nonetheless. Yeah, I know. Like, I feel like everyone who was in Boston enjoyed it, or in the New England area, enjoyed it more than those of people who were actually in Tampa Bay last night watching it. Yeah, you know, a lot of us had mixed feelings on the Brady situation when he went to Tampa in the first place, and it was a situation where it was like, well, how do we feel about this? Do we cheer for him or do we not? I mean, like at the beginning of the season, there was definitely kind of mixed feelings going on with Patriots fans in terms of if you were going to cheer for Brady with the Bucks or if you were not going to. And obviously the Patriots were still our team, so we were rooting for the Patriots. But some people wanted to see Brady succeed in Tampa. Others didn't. But then when it got to playoff time, everybody was pretty much on board with rooting for Brady because at the end of the day, he did get us six Super Bowl rings. So... We wanted to root for the guy that got us six Super Bowl rings. So the fact that they went and won three road games and then got to play the Super Bowl at home, it just almost, that's just such a crazy story. And the fact that Brady was on a team that got to play the first Super Bowl at their home stadium is just kind of crazy. And I think that Patriots fans now are really, really happy that Brady proved what we've been saying all along, which is that he doesn't, he's not only because of Belichick and, and the Patriots system that he's a good quarterback. Cause there were a lot of people in the past that were saying Brady can't succeed without Bill and without the Patriots system. And he came to Tampa to prove exactly that, that he could do that and that he didn't need the Patriots to succeed. And the fact that he did and that he won his seventh Super Bowl at 43 years old with a different team who was 7-9 and nine last year and didn't make the playoffs and took them all the way this year to their first Super Bowl in so many years. It's just crazy that that worked out like that. But I was I was rooting for the Bucs. I, I, I wanted to see him win and, and succeed. I don't think he's done. I think he's still coming back. I, I think that he, he wants to play really until he's 45 because when he said that originally, I don't think people thought he was legit when he – put that out there a couple seasons ago, but we're realizing more and more now that I think he definitely could be around a couple more years because he's still moving and he still has, he's been pretty healthy for, for the majority of his career too. So that's starting to show now the longevity of that because so many quarterbacks get plagued with injuries throughout their career, but he really hasn't. So he's showing now that he, he definitely, I think has, the durability to be able to stay a couple more years. And I thought the defense really had a great performance last night. I thought that they 
did a really good job of confusing Mahomes and the offense, and the Chiefs weren't really prepared for what that defense was bringing. And Andy Reid also didn't seem to make any adjustments at halftime, which I think was a big factor in that too. And I think that it was an overall all around really good performance by Tampa Bay. And they were an interesting team to watch this year, just because they struggled at the beginning of the season. There was a chemistry issue, I think. And Bruce Arians wasn't really doing that good of a job of catering to Brady's playing style and that's huge with a quarterback like like Brady. And as the season went on, Arians almost seemed to adapt more to Brady's playing style. And then the defense started playing better, too, because defensively they weren't really playing well earlier on in the season either. So I think that there were a lot of adjustments made throughout the season. And everybody being healthy come playoff time and all the weapons he has over there, it just – is a good situation for him and he seems to want to be there and towards the end he really didn't want to be in New England anymore so hopefully Bill Belichick watched that game and realized that he has some serious work to do with his team if he wants to be a playoff contender again but I am happy for Brady I think that there were a lot of doubters that he kind of shut up last night after winning the game and a lot of people that we're saying he was washed up or that he should have retired a while ago. I think that those people now are realizing that he really does still have it. And when he needs to get the job done, he does. And especially in big games like this. Exactly. Because what's the one thing too, where um, I want to go back to your point earlier when you were saying a lot of people were struggling with the idea of him leaving. Like I was one of those people. Like I remember it was because it was also to right at the height when the, this pandemic first started and yeah, I like I remember I woke up and my girlfriend literally telling me check your phone and like the first thing I see on Instagram is just that long like note message he wrote and then I'm just like oh, okay let's see where this goes and then I'll admit it at first yeah I was upset about him leaving I didn't like it because he's the he's the reason why I'm the football fan I am today like I don't even know if I have this podcast right here if it's not for t- me watching Tom Brady that's uh seven or eight I'm trying to remember if it was uh yeah I was when uh, I was seven is when he first kind of entered the league and started making noise um, and then, uh, just through everything, like, even to all admit, like week one when we beat Miami and then they, and he looked bad against the Saints. I was like, oh, look, he's 0-1, we're 1-0. And then all of a sudden it just started, like, they started clicking, getting well, and the Patriots kind of started taking a nosedive south. But then too, there was games like the 38-3 game against the Saints where everyone was like, okay, what's going on? And then they, the Rams lost and the Chiefs lost. Yeah. But then they had their bye week, the most opportune time where it's just like, hey, they rested. They played easy schedule down the stretch, which benefited them. And then the fact too that he went. They had a good win against the Packers earlier on in the season too, though that yeah. nobody was expecting either. Exactly, and he also too won a lot of the games that he was supposed to win, like games against like the Broncos, the Raiders. I remember he went to Vegas and lit them up. Uh, but the fact too with this stretch that he beat Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes in three consecutive games. Like, the, the, I know people want to address Pat as, like, you know, the kid, which means, like, baby goat, but I'm closing that door for now, and look, he's got six rings to win. Tom's got seven, and there's a very good chance that we're here this time next year with him at eight, but also, too, there's the whole, part of me thinks that he wants to come back next season, definitely, which he already announced he is, is because next year he comes to Foxborough. Something I don't think a lot yeah, of people know about. The, the Bucks play the Patriots in Foxborough next year, and I'm really hoping there can be fans at games because that would be a game I would go to. Obviously, it would be super expensive, but he's not—he's—he's he's not going to not play.
play that game. There's no way we don't see Brady back at Foxborough for that game. That's gonna be that's gonna be really really interesting to see Brady and Gronk if he comes back, which I I really think he will too because he's yeah. basically said he doesn't really have a reason not to. Them both being back at Gillette playing against their their former former team. There there's not really much that's more legendary than that. So I'm excited to see that and. I agree with you. I, I really do think that Brady and Gronk are both going to be back. I think they could go back to the Super Bowl next year. Like you said, uh, there's a lot of talent over there, both defensively and offensively. And if everybody stays healthy, I think they can do it. I think Chris Godwin is a free agent. But yes, he is. They, I'm sure they'll resign him or, or try to. Um, I have but, a... Sorry to cut you off. I have a quick take about Chris Godwin where I feel like someone's going to offer him free agent money like a lot. Like someone's going to really pay for him to be like a wide receiver one when we all know the wide receiver one on that team is Mike Evans. So that's my only thing with Godwin. But I feel like Tampa's going to try whatever they can do to re-sign him because they also have Fournette and Levante David they got to lock up. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I definitely could see that too. I think there's going to be teams that could offer him a lot of money. I think, you know... Patriots, I put in parentheses, would be a team that could really benefit from somebody like him at the wide receiver position, a team that does not really have that much of a receiving core right now. Um, and the Patriots have a lot to work with this offseason, too, in terms of cap space, um, too. So that's going to be really important for them to be able to utilize that cap space this year. But back to back to Brady and, and the Bucs, I, I really think that we could be sitting here and having a similar conversation next year that – they make another Super Bowl run. They're the most complete team to me in the NFC right now, based on what I saw, and maybe even the most complete team in the NFL. I think when they really start to put their defense together as the season went on, you could really see that they were a threat to a lot of other teams. And, I mean, I had them beating the Saints because it's really hard to beat a team three times in the same season. And so I really thought that they could beat the Saints. Um but nobody really expected them to go to Lambeau and beat the Packers on the road. I think people thought that this was really going to be with the season that Aaron Rodgers was having, that this was going to be his year to finally go back and get his second ring and be like, you know what? I did it. Like, like I, I got my second ring. Like I, I proved people wrong. I proved that I can finish the, the job in the playoffs. I really thought that they were going to come into that game at home and take care of business but not that Brady had the best game offensively that game either, but his defense had a tremendous performance two, two games in a row against the Packers and the Chiefs. And what I was saying before the game when I was doing some analysis was that if the Bucks defense can put pressure on Mahomes and be able to contain him, then they have a really good chance of winning, and that's exactly what they did. I mean – very rarely do you see the Chiefs struggle like that offensively. And, I mean, I don't even remember even if there was a time where I didn't see the Chiefs score a touchdown in a game. And I was like, you, you're not going to beat this Bucks team with the way they're looking on field goals. It's just not going to happen. And I know there were there were a lot of, you know, penalties called against the Chiefs in the first half, which I think a couple of them were questionable. But at the same time – they didn't help themselves because their defense was making a lot of mistakes, especially in the first half that they shouldn't have been making. So they were really putting themselves in the best position to succeed either. And the Bucks came into that game with a purpose and 
when when Brady threw that first touchdown pass to Gronk, I was like, okay, this is how this game is going to go. I feel like it's going to be one of those games. Like, they're going to win this game. I, I, I predicted a much higher score, though. I really thought it was going to be a game that was really high scoring and was a shootout for a lot of the game, and that might end in a game-winning field goal or something like that, that it would be like a 38-35 type of game because nobody expected, I don't think, I mean, Obviously, I can't speak for everybody, but everybody I talked to, at least, did not expect that type of offensive performance out of KC. They thought it was going to be a high-scoring game where both teams were putting up points and that it would come down to the end. But that whole game, a Chiefs offense just looked confused, and Mahomes didn't really know where to go with the ball because they had great coverage. So the Bucks came into that game really prepared, and, and Brady, he knew that people were doubting him. I mean... He knew that. He knew that coming in as the visiting team for every game in the postseason besides the Super Bowl and, and being considered the underdog, he knew that, that people were going to be doubting him, and that only fueled more of a fire, I feel like, in him to want to succeed and, and play well because he was like, you know, people are going to doubt me. They, they really are ready to pass my torch over to, to Pat, but I'm not yet. So... He basically came into that game and showed, like, look, I'm still here. I'm not done. I may be 43 years old, but I'm still out here winning championships and taking teams with losing records to the Super Bowl. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, like they they need me, and and uh, I'm still, I still want to do more. So he proved that he is definitely still going, and he was just that extra touch that the Bucks needed and granted they added a couple other key players with AB and, and Gronk and everything else and their offensive line was just a mess last year so they were just really not not that good of a team and even though some of those weapons were already there last year some of those players were already there but they did need a quarterback because Jameis Winston wasn't the answer and they came and they got Tom Brady and here they are winning a championship so I think for Patriots fans we were all excited for him because we wanted to see him win another championship, but it definitely hurt seeing him holding up that trophy with another team when it could have been us. And it yeah. was like, if the Patriots had just been willing to pay the guy and gotten him some weapons on offense, that could have been them this year winning another championship. And even when he didn't have offense in new England, he still made it work and he still took them deep into the playoffs. Even when, when they didn't have weapons, because Bill, the GM, was never really great at drafting help for Brady, really, or even signing free agents that could help him out. And that was something that he got really frustrated with. But it was Brady, and he was so comfortable in the Patriots organization that he just made it work, even when he didn't have the weapons. And you're not going to find a quarterback really like that that can do that. So the Patriots have a lot of work to do because even if they get a really good quarterback, whether they sign somebody or they draft somebody, they're still going to need to get weapons for whoever that quarterback is. And we saw it this year with Cam Newton, that with Cam, I mean, I don't think Cam in general was the answer for sure. I, I think that he, it just wasn't working for him in new England, but at the same time, it wasn't all on him because he really didn't have the weapons either to be able to succeed there. So I, I think Cam as a quarterback can do good things if he's with another team and he's in, an, in a system 
that works better for him and he has some help offensively. But I just don't think that New England is, is the, the right answer for him. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how Belichick responds to this. I know people are already saying that this upcoming season is going to be Bill Belichick's revenge tour. Um, so hopefully th- that this whole Brady winning a championship with another team thing sparks something in Bill to really utilize this offseason. This is this is one of their most important offseasons they've had in a very, very long time. And this is really the first full offseason that we're sitting here saying the Patriots don't really have a quarterback because that for 20 years they, ha- they didn't have that problem, you know. So I think yeah. it's going to be really important to see what they do in the offseason this year to kind of go back and respond to all of this because – I, I don't think Brady's done. I think he has a couple more years left. And there's other there's there's teams in the AFC even too that now we have to worry about. I mean, there's always the Chiefs are going to be there for a while. The Bills are only going to get better. I think Cleveland is a team to watch out for in the next few years to see what they do. So the Patriots have a lot of work to do if they want to be contenders in the AFC. And then Brady being in the NFC and doing his thing. I think that's going to be something that that's going to be something special for the next couple of years for him. And it's just, an, it's just an interesting off season. I mean, there's so much that we can say now, but it's also hard with so many quarterbacks futures being uncertain this year too. So I think a lot of things could change this off season based on where quarterbacks land and everything like that. Exactly. Exactly. That's the biggest thing too. Cause Bill does have $50 million to work with this off season. Um, another big storyline that kind of, when I noticed without the Patriot community was the opt-outs. The opt-outs obviously hurt the team with guys yeah. like Chung. My personal favorite once Tom left Hightower. Um, you really saw that like absence in the locker room with guys like that being out. Uh, the quarterback, and the defense especially. Yeah. They, they had so many. They were missing so many players defensively that you could see the defense being inconsistent this year and suffering because of that. And people seem to forget that they had the most COVID opt-outs in the league. And that definitely did make a difference this year. 100%. Even to, like, offensively, they had a lot, like, not offensively, just you could tell with Cam, like, there wasn't enough time to get prepared. With this being such a weird offseason that it was, I expect some normalcy to be this offseason, but also to some restrictions, obviously, like with OTAs and, like, uh, just the offseason training camp. And also too many camp for rookies, because that's the one thing, too. A lot of rookies didn't really get to work with a team until training camp. So we'll see where that goes. But um, even this year with New England, too, I don't think they have to go out and sign, like, the big, big name receivers and pay a lot of money for them because they also have a lot of in-house work to do with, like, because my top three to get re-signed is Adam Butler, David Andrews, especially David Andrews, and J.C. Jackson. So spend the money outside of the team, but also to keep the same nucleus that's already existing in the locker room. Yeah, I agree with that. And that's why I think their draft picks are going to be important, too. And this all goes back to what direction they want to go in with the quarterback position. And that seems to be a mystery right now because does Bill want to go and sign a veteran quarterback and try to win another Super Bowl before he retires? Or does he want to be there to help start a rebuild so that whoever takes over for him, they're already in that process? And I think nobody ever can know what Bill's thinking. It's, it's hard to say with him just because he never says anything indicating whatever he's thinking. We, we know that that's just how the guy is. And yeah, 100%. understanding him would just be like, would be like pulling teeth trying to understand and interpret Bill Belichick as a coach. But 
I mean, he, he did express interest in Matthew Stafford. They were looking into Matthew Stafford, but what the what the um, Rams gave up for Stafford, I wouldn't have wanted the Patriots to give up that much. I think it's too much. And yeah, it, it, it puts the Rams in a really good position to maybe make a Super Bowl run next year having him. But that's a lot to give up for somebody who's injury prone that could get injured. And then all of that's kind of out the window. And then they're starting over essentially after that, because they gave up their first round picks for him um, and Jared Goff. So I think that, I think I'm happy that the Patriots didn't end up doing something like that for Stafford, but the fact that they were expressing interest in Stafford to me says either Bill doesn't see any quarterbacks in the draft that he thinks would be good in this system or he doesn't want to be there for a rebuild and he doesn't want to deal with training a new quarterback into the system that doesn't have NFL experience yet. And he's looking for a quarterback that short term could help the Patriots win another Super Bowl before he's out the door. And then whoever takes over for him can focus on a rebuild at that point, whether that's Josh McDaniels or whoever that fills those shoes after he retires is then left up in the situation of like, okay, yeah, like we need a quarterback and we need to rebuild. So it's really interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do at the quarterback position this year. Cause I think if they don't draft a quarterback, then they should focus on drafting maybe a receiver or a tight end, especially even with that 15 pick. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they decide. I think there are some quarterbacks out on the market this year that, that have, unknown futures about where they're going to go that they could that they could look into i know the assumption right now is that jimmy garoppolo might end up back in new england um and a lot of people are talking about that so i think that there's going to be a lot of interest and a lot of quarterback names being tossed around out there but the fact that they had expressed interest in stafford makes me feel like bill is is really just kind of focusing on more short term right now and I wouldn't blame that was the case because I think his focus probably would be to win another Super Bowl before he does retire and not just focus on a rebuild you know yeah yeah, exactly I get 100% what you mean because I I personally would like Jimmy back in New England because he knows the system and I know everyone says the same thing too oh he's injury prone he wasn't good I just think the Shanahan scheme isn't the best but like with Bill like Bill likes him like Something also too that I like to bring up is that Bill talked to him pregame before they played the Niners earlier this year, which Bill necessarily doesn't do with a lot of NFL talent. So if that was just one thing to watch out for. Um, but the, my thing with 15 is, is don't draft someone just for the sake of drafting them. Like if, say for example, if there's a good defensive edge or a linebacker of need in that 15 range that you want, go draft him. Like because there, I've been looking at a lot of the draft mock drafts and a lot of the prospect reports. We can still get a receiver that could help us, like, day two or day three even. But the big thing to watch out for, too, is also, like, with free agency and everything. Like, I personally don't think Bill is going to sign up for a rebuild. I think you're right. He wants to win now, especially, too, with my even Miami is another team to watch out for that's coming up. Uh, yeah, that was another one yeah. I was going to mention. I mean, between them and the Bills being in the division, it's going to be a tough, tough road. And I think that with... Miami and a lot of people are with them are really quick to just kind of bash Chua and say he's not the answer he's not going to pan out in the NFL yeah but the guy hasn't even started a full season I mean he was coming off of an injury and we haven't really gotten to see a full season from him yet so I think it would be a little premature 
for Miami to give up on Tua right now. And if he plays next season and it's similar to this and it, it, there doesn't seem to be improvement, then I say, yeah, maybe like try to look into another quarterback. But I think now that he's been in, in the league and kind of has some playing experience under his belt and now that he's fully recovered from that injury, things could turn around for him. But you're right. Between Miami and Buffalo, there's a lot that – that, that the Patriots could run into challenge-wise going forward in the next few years. Exactly, but also, too, I don't mind the parity in the AFC especially. And another team I want to pay attention to is the Los Angeles uh, Chargers, even. Um, that was the one thing I was... Because yeah. I was thinking about this, too. I think with all the uncertainty in the a- NFC, and especially, too, with the likes of, like, Breeze possibly retiring some other stuff, I think it's going to be a lot easier. Like, the road for Tom to get back to the Super Bowl will be easier. Than Mahomes, like I, if it's Tampa KC next year, will I be shocked? Absolutely not. But I'm just saying that I feel like there's so many more up and coming teams in the AFC than there are in the NFC right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that too. I don't know that KC could go back again next year. There's going to be, I mean, Buffalo. I know that that game, that the AFC Championship game, was not as good as we had been hoping. But I think Buffalo is a really serious team that that is going to continue to improve. And with the way Josh Allen played this year, I mean, that, that's going to be a good team going forward. So they're going to be a team that can run into some problems. Cleveland even kept it close against yeah. against the Chiefs in the season. So I think that they're another team that that are worth looking out for. And I do agree with you. I think based on the current situation in the NFC and all the question marks there, I think the Bucks would have an easier road back. I am curious as to Washington's situation i think they're just a quarterback away from being serious contenders i mean they already have the defense they have some offensive talent there i just think they need a reliable long-term quarterback if they have a reliable long-term quarterback then i think that they can be serious contenders i think they're in the best shape in their division in the nfc east um going forward i think the other teams in that division have some more things they need to figure out um and you're right with the Saints, even with with Breeze. I, I saw something yesterday that came out that said Winston is the front runner for their quarterback right now. Yeah, which I kind of figured would would be the case. Um, I know some Saints fans that aren't exactly happy about that, but it is it, it is going to be sad to see Breeze go with with the career he had and everything. And even Aaron Rodgers, I really think this is all talk. But with him saying his future is uncertain. I don't think he's going to leave Green Bay. I think we'll see him back in Green Bay next year. It'd be hard to leave a team with those weapons around you. I do think that that comment, though, with him was coming out of a lot of frustration, you know, with them drafting Jordan Love in the first round of the playoffs and kind of wasting a first-round draft pick that they could have used to get him one more weapon to maybe get them over the hump to go to the Super Bowl this year. I think that that annoyed him because – he was like, well, you don't need a, a starting quarterback right now. I'm your quarterback. Like, you don't need to draft, you know, you don't need to draft my the next person coming up to replace me. Why not use this pick to get me another weapon to set me up for success? So I feel like he was frustrated all season about that because if they had used that pick on one more offensive weapon for him, who knows, maybe they would have gone to the Super Bowl. They could have um, – used it that way. So I think that he was frustrated with that, but I really don't see him at the end of the day, like actually leaving Green Bay. Neither do I. I think a lot of what he said was, and I've been here before and I'm pretty sure like everyone has, where you say something in the heat of the moment when you're mad and you're upset and that later on you think about it and you're like, should I really have said that? Like, 
Probably not. So I think he's just going to take a few moments to, to coin his favorite term, relax. Um, I think he's going to do that, take a few moments, just talk to management and say, guys, just get me some help. Like, because if they had drafted, like, Brandon Ayuk or Michael Pittman or even Chase Claypool, they, there's a very good chance they're in the Super Bowl. But we can never know that because, obviously, uh, a time machine doesn't exist or DeLorean if you're a Back to the Future fan. But, um... Just the simple fact, too, that all we know is, that, hey, if they can get a competent wide receiver, too, like a Will Fuller, like an Emmanuel Sanders, someone of that nature, like you don't have to go out and get Allen Robinson. I'm only saying his name because he's the biggest free agent this year for wide receivers. Yeah. If they can just get him some help to, you know what, take the pressure away from Adams, it'll be huge. Because another thing of note to go into next season for Green Bay is Devontae's a free agent after the 2021 season, and he's going to get paid in 22. And if yeah, you, any team would want to yeah. pay him. Exactly. Like, he won a lot of people fantasy football because that Week 16 game against Tennessee, I was like, I expect Derrick Henry to run wild all over them. But, no, the opposite happened. They held Henry to under 100 yards. So, if their defense can play better and their – because that's one thing I was going to say, too. That Scotty Miller touchdown in the NFC Championship game, that was a dagger for me. Like, I thought Green Bay had a chance. But after that, I was just like, I can't see them coming back. Because that's the other thing I always wanted to point out, too. And I want to point this out to you because I've said this before a lot on here. That the Scotty Miller Tom Brady connection I knew would work because that is Tom's typical wide receiver target that he just loves to use. Like look at Chris Hogan, Amendola, Edelman, Wes Walker. He loves like that short white slot white receiver. So yeah, he does. Yeah. He's always been big on targeting that person, whoever that person is. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and it was that person or Gronk the majority of the time. Yeah, like even that was the one thing I just want to go back to last night's game too. I was watching the highlights again this morning. Kansas City on a lot of those plays, I think they got mentally worn out. Like you saw, like on the Leonard Fournette touchdown run, they just looked like once they realized he was in, they would stop him. They didn't even attempt to tackle him. The same thing too on the two Gronk touchdowns. Gronk was left wide open. Something I don't think we had seen in years because a lot of his touchdowns this year, from what I remember, he was covered. Like or at least was one on one coverage that he won. Like we haven't seen this Gronk since his prime New England days back when he wore our jersey. I was like, why? There's literally nobody over there. Like he's wide open right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I think that that KC on both sides of the ball got worn out defensive, defensively especially, but on offense you could just tell that as the game progressed, they were getting less and less comfortable out there. And it was weird to see them like that because we never see KC's offense like that. And Mahomes usually always figure something out. And even when they're behind, even going into the half, people were like, "Well, wait, like." We know how this goes. Like the Chiefs are down by double digits, and and it's a playoff game because their entire Super Bowl run last year they they came from behind to win games, and even this year they they kept doing that. That's just where they seem to shine is when yeah. they're behind. That seemed to be when they're comfortable. So I thought they would come out in the second half and and kind of go off actually and make it a closer game. I really did think that. I was like, this just seems like it's set up to be one of those games where in the second half. KC's kind of figured some things out. Andy Reid will make some adjustments, and they'll come out, and, and they'll they'll just have a stellar second half, and it'll be close. And then they didn't. And I was like, Mahomes just looks confused. And the, the Tampa Bay defense just seemed ready for everything that KC had, and they didn't have enough up their sleeve to be ready for that, it seems like. And, and, and even, like, you know, there was a lot of coverage that – that the Bucks provided on just him, but also his main weapons too. So not having his main weapons to target was hard for Mahomes because he was like, well, I can run the ball 
and then that pretty much left him with only that. They they really did a good job of, of protecting that passing game, and I think that that was something that they knew was important. And it's and it, to me, it, it was just it was just the Bucks were better prepared, and they came in just with more up their sleeve. And 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 Andy Reid just got out coached overall too. And and the fact that he kept wanting to pass the ball when that wasn't working. I didn't really quite understand why he was doing that either. No, neither was I. Like, I feel like uh, Kansas City, a lot of the time, they were just kind of, like, relying on Patrick too much. Like, oh, hey, I feel like I feel like they do that as well. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? Patrick will get us out of this mess. Patrick will take care of it. But that's the one thing last night. Even, too, there were the two questionable calls. The one that stands out to me the most was the one where Mike Evans just fell. And they thought it was pass interference, but it wasn't. Yeah, because that seemed like it was an uncatchable ball anyway. So yeah. I don't know that I would call pass interference on that. Yeah, but even too, stuff like seeing Tom Brady bark back at Matthew, I'm just like, okay, who is this man that I'm seeing right now? He's usually calm and collected. And even too, towards the end of the Super Bowl, when they got, I don't know what exactly he said, but he was cursing in the huddle. I'm like, okay, what has Florida done to my quarterback? <laughs> Yeah, really. It's like yeah. this is not the Tom Brady we know. No, we're like, we're like this, where was this guy in New England? But definitely not here. No, but um, you'd see though how, and that's one thing I wanted to point out as well because I going as soon as he signed with Tampa, I was like their offensive line is bad. But if there was two positions that really assured up for them in their postseason run, it was the offensive line and their secondary. Both those positions their secondary was a problem during the regular yeah. season, and I was going to point that out too that they had issues with their secondary. During the regular season and going into the playoffs, I was like, if this team loses their secondary, I think it's going to end up being one of the biggest things that they run into problems with. But that secondary showed up this entire postseason run. Yeah, but even just making simple plays like here and there, like especially that Saints game too, where they read Breeze's passes perfectly, even though there was the one Jared Cook fumble. Um, There was just one other point I was trying to think of last night. Uh... I remember people thought even the Winfield uh, deuces to Tyreek Hill is like, oh, what's he doing? And I'm like, I know exactly what he's doing. He's getting in there. But also, this Super Bowl reminded me of 53 where you know what it was going on. Oh, Tom Brady and the Patriots at the time playing this unstoppable Rams team. But last night kind of laid the blueprint on how exactly you can beat Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, because there were so many people questioning, like, is there anybody that in the near future is even going to be able to stop that offense? Because it didn't seem like anybody could. Yeah. And even going into the Super Bowl, people didn't even think that Tampa could because they were like, this offense is just unstoppable. Nobody's beating them. But now I think everybody across the league knows there's a way to be able to stop them. And they're seeing how Tampa Bay did it last night. And I think that's going to cause a lot of teams to change up a lot of things in the offseason about their typical game plan and how they approach KC going forward. And I, so I really think that Tampa Bay opened a lot of doors for other teams to be competitive with KC now and be able to stop them. And I really don't think going forward, we're going to see this KC dominance that we've been seeing the last couple of years. I really think that more teams are going to be competitive with them now that they know that there's a way to beat them. And people saw it last night. That's exactly why I was saying I think it's going to be easier for Tampa to get back. But also, too, like with Kansas City, I wouldn't be shocked now if they're in that position where Tom was in, you know, years ago in New England where it's like, oh, he's down. This is the year he finally takes off. If people are saying, is this year Mahomes finally is human? But I always am going to expect him to go out there and make these, like, crazy sidearm throws. And just, he he was doing it last night, too. There was the one play where he was getting sacked, and he 
flings that out there. I'm like, if stuff like that happens, it will just com- it would com- would have completely changed the momentum of the entire game. So for the Tampa defense to effectively pass rush him, yeah, that too. Like Kelsey was dropping balls. Like it was very Super Bowl forty six ass. Kelsey drop balls like that. No. Either. so that's that was really uncharacteristic of of that Chiefs offense. Whereas people that you would not think would be dropping passes were dropping passes, and Mahomes was making some good plays still and being Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. That's why I say the whole like I wouldn't be shocked if they're back in the conversation next year. Like I'm not here saying like oh they're gonna have a bad season, go six and ten and miss the playoffs. No, I still expect right. them to win. 12 games or so, it's just, I'm not, like, even this year, too, they had a lot of games where they had to be in a dogfight, like, they lost, they beat Carolina by one, they beat Atlanta by three, uh, I don't know how much sports gambling or you do or you know about, but they were seven and nine against the spread this year, the Jacksonville Jaguars had the same record against the spread, so, there's just certain things like that to watch out for. They had some close games that people thought they were going to blow, blow teams out, yeah, I mean, yeah. they lost to the Raiders, which ended up looking worse at the time than it did later on because the Raiders actually started to play well later on in the season and started to look more competitive. So when they lost to them, it looked way worse, I think, than it did when people looked back on it later on. Yeah. But, you know, they 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 did have some close games that people didn't think would be close. And the fact that Tampa Bay held them to single digits in, in the in the Super Bowl – which nobody expected, an explosive offense like that, people now know that there's ways that you can stop them. And I really think there's going to be other AFC teams that are right in the mix with K- with KC. And this year they were the clear favorite, and it was just basically them and then everybody else. I don't think it's going to be them and everybody else going forward. I think it's going to be them on a level with some other AFC teams that are competitive that continue to improve and get better. And I think that that's going to be fun because there's going to be more teams we're putting in that mix as opposed to just saying, yeah, it's KC, you know, because this year, for the most part, people were like, KC's going back to the Super Bowl, you know? Like, yeah. there's nobody in the AFC that can really get past them or stop them, and rightfully so. I mean, they clearly were the best team in the AFC still this year, and they, they were playing really good football, but I really think going forward, there's definitely going to be some other teams that are in the mix and it's not just going to be KC and everybody else anymore. So I completely agree with your point that you made earlier that KC is not going to have an easy road back to the Super Bowl next year. And even that is even if is if they go to the Super Bowl, I think there's a chance that they could get eliminated in the playoffs next year by some of these other teams that were approaching and were starting to look pretty good, but just weren't quite there yet, like Buffalo and Miami um, or even Cleveland. Yeah, what the playoff team and had a really good win against the Steelers ran into the Chiefs, kept that game pretty close. Granted, Mahomes went down in that game, but even before he went down, that was still a competitive game before that. So I think Cleveland has the coach finally to be able to be good for that system, and there's a lot of weapons over there too. And I think that now that they have that playoff experience under their belt with a lot of those players, I think they're going to be a team that could really give KC problems. So now that we know – what that there that is possible to stop that offense that's going to change a lot of things this, that, that in the next couple of years and it's going to be really interesting Casey will be up there yeah with that team that they have they'll be a playoff team for a while and they'll be one of those teams that's in the conversation for a while with Mahomes and everybody he has around him but I I, I don't know that we should be quick to say Mahomes is going to get catch up to Brady in terms of amount of rings because there's going to be a lot of teams that he could run into that could give them some problems. 
Yeah, exactly. Like the Dynasty talk with Kansas City and the GOAT talk, like those doors are shut for now. Because for me, for Dynasty, like people were saying like last night they went over their Dynasty, but for me, it's you got to win three. And like three and four years or three and three, you got to do that. But everyone was just so quick to judge them. And um, for anyone who's like wondering, oh, if I shit talking to them, no, I'm just saying for years and years, people wanted to go into Gillette Stadium and beat the Patriots. Well, guess what? Now it's people are going to want to go into Arrowhead Stadium. Everyone's going to look at that game now, no matter what the team is, and say, we want to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. That's why. Because they have that massive target on their back. And also, people got to remember, too, Brady went 10 years between ranks, between three and four. That's something I don't yeah, think a lot of people remember. You forget that, too, that there was a long period of time where the Patriots weren't winning. No, no, not at all. There, there was the even too. There was periods where they made the conference championship so much, but then even in that period, they still they lost to the Giants, they lost to the Eagles, and then there was years too they didn't even get to the Super Bowl where they were just always in the divisional round of the conference championship. So that's what I'm just saying. The whole Chiefs thing. I'm saying like let's not expect them to be in there every year because like last year everyone was going, oh yeah, they're gonna win like the next five in a row or whatever. But last night showed how hard it is to win in the NFL, and there's only one man right now who has been the consistent benchmark of winning in the NFL. Exactly. You're you're exactly right. And, you know, with, with going, on, going off of that, even going back-to-back back is really difficult. And we've seen that. I mean, the Patriots went back-to-back back in 03 and 04. Yep. But other than that, we haven't really seen teams go back-to-back back like that and, and win Super Bowls back-to-back. Back. I mean, the Seahawks were in it back-to-back back years, and we know how that went. Um, oh, the Bills going to four straight Super Bowls and losing every time. Yep. Um, it's actually really difficult to win the Super Bowl two years in a row. There's a lot of a lot of things have to line up for you to win like that. And last year when Kansas City won the Super Bowl, it was looking like they were going to be a force to be reckoned with, which they were and they still are. Yep. But it's really difficult to go in and win two years in a row, the whole thing. And so with with KC, yeah, they'll probably win. They'll definitely win some more championships in Patrick Mahomes' time there. That's, it's not yeah. like they won't be back in the Super Bowl. But it is difficult. And there's some great quarterbacks like Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers who don't weren't, weren't a, a factor, a product of winning games. And, and unfortunately, they have so much career success, but then when it came to the big games, they couldn't finish the job, which is why they only have one ring. You know, so it's you look back at quarterbacks like that who – a lot of people are saying are in the conversation for one of the greatest to ever play the game, but they don't have the postseason results to to show that. And it just and it just that really helps to prove that you can be one of the greatest quarterbacks in the world, but it's really difficult to win in the NFL, especially in the playoffs when you're playing other good teams and any team can show up on any night and win a game. Like even the Jets this year almost beat the Patriots. It took a game-winning field goal to beat them. Then the Jets beat the Rams, who were a playoff team. And the Browns. So it's, yeah, exactly. And the Browns. So it's, so it's you, you, you think about it and it's any team can show up on any night and win a game. So it's really, really hard to stay that consistent for that many years in a row. Exactly, and it's the three favorite words that I love about this game, and that is any given Sunday. Like, anything can happen. Like, I remember going to the Baltimore game thinking we were going to get smoked, and what happened? It was pouring rain, and the Patriots somehow won that game. So, Or even like L.A., like the first L.A. game, where we went in one forty-five nothing. It's like, when you think you're not going to win sometimes, you're not. You're going to win. Like, that's, what just, that's how the NFL goes. And even 
Look at the Cleveland-Pittsburgh game in the wild card. Like, if going into that game I had told someone, yeah, the, Br- the Browns would be up 28 nothing after the first quarter, I think people would look at me like I've... Like, I'm delusional. Like, I'm crazy. Like, I'm just, like, spewing craziness. Like, but no, that's what... That's the expression. Like, I have a Browns uh, Browns fan who comes on here once in a while, and I remember before Pittsburgh, the wild card game, I asked him, I'm like, oh, hey, how are you feeling? He's like, oh, I don't know, not so good because of them dealing with COVID and everything. And I just said, any given Sunday, and, and look what happened. So that's the one thing. you. It's a love-hate relationship about the game, to be honest, the whole any given Sunday motto. Yeah, no, it's true. And, and you love it because it keeps the excitement factor, but at the same time it's frustrating because – if you're like it's a, a game that your team is supposed to win and they lose, you're going to be frustrated after. And it's so true. And and you can't preach that enough. And that's why with KC and the dynasty thing, it's really hard for a team to be identified as a dynasty. And I think that KC is on its way there, but there's other teams that are getting better. And I think the NFL is just going to be for a while now, especially with all the question marks this offseason. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And I think there's a lot of teams that that could do really really good things going forward and I think that it's it just it keeps the excitement factor even with Washington even with Washington the wild card round of this of this playoffs when they played Tampa Bay and they had a backup quarterback playing that was a game that people thought they had no chance in and they ended up losing by a touchdown like they almost won that game with a backup quarterback as soon as Alex Smith was ruled out people ruled Washington out because that was a game they should not have had any chance of winning after Alex Smith went down. And then Heineke comes in and has a great performance, and they end up losing by one possession to the team that just won the Super Bowl. So it's it's crazy that anything can really happen on any night. And you can come in on any Sunday, and any team that you're playing, you have to, tr- you have to take it seriously and, and treat it as such. Because even if you're playing a team like the Jets, who at the time were like, you know, Owen, whatever, Owen 12 or whatever, when they went in and played the Rams, you can't treat a team like that. You have to treat every team like it's a competitive game because any team really can come in and win. Exactly. Also, another thing with the Jets season was there was a game even earlier in the year where the Bills only scored field goals against them and they still won. Yeah, exactly. So, so there's stuff like that just to add on with this. Now I realize we're in the slow depression of seven months till more football. But yeah. this is where this is where it gets interesting, though, for like the true football fans or people who cover the game, like you and I, where you know free agency is going to be right here before we know it. Like that's what's so great about the NFL is when you think the season's over, it's not. Like now we have sure we'll have some ex- like slow news, but then it's just going to be all excitement then leading up to the draft. Like another thing I look forward to is schedule release and just stuff like that. So we got a great seven months ahead of us. I believe it's like two hundred and fourteen days or something like that, September 9th. Who's counting? Not me. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's gonna be really. It's yeah. gonna be one of the most fun off seasons I think we've that we've seen in a while. Exactly, because last year was so. Where's Tom gonna go? But now there's. Oh, where's this person gonna go? Like now we have the reports of Wentz potentially getting dealt. What's person gonna happen? Wentz? With yeah, I know. Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold, uh, Dak Prescott, Dash- Deshaun Watson, most notably. Like, what's gonna happen there? So. It's going to be a fun off-season that I'm looking forward to, and we're I'm going to be here every step of the way covering it for everyone else. Yeah, no, it's going to be awesome. I am excited to see where Deshaun Watson goes. I mean, the Texans seem pretty adamant on not trading him, and but he's like, you know, I, I, I want to go, and he was saying he wants to go to the Jets originally, um, but realistically, if you get Deshaun Watson, you need to be ready to give up a lot, and can yeah. the Jets really, but can they... What can they really offer 
that will suffice. I think there's a lot of teams in that situation because we look at how much it costs for Matthew Stafford. Imagine how much it's going to cost for Deshaun Watson. And so I think that with the with the Texans, that's going to be a problem for them. If they if they keep saying we don't plan on trading him, he could just not play, and then they're kind of just stuck without a quarterback. So they, they're almost backed into a corner at this point where they basically have no choice but to at least try to trade him because – he wants to go, and so if he wants to go, and you're back, to, and, and you don't, and you refuse to let him go, then he's just not going to play. And then what are you going to do? Not have a quarterback? Exactly. Like they could force his hand and make him stay. Like what has happened a lot in sports, but yeah. the Jets seem like the obvious target just because of what they have. But I, personally, I don't want it for obvious reasons. But I think yeah. if he doesn't go there before free agency starts, it's going to be a big question of because they do have money to spend in free agency, but. Like, are free agents going to go there being like, oh, hey, Deshaun's going to come here, but then he doesn't, and you're kind of, like, stuck in this weird situation. So part of me thinks that also the Jets want to rebuild the draft. They don't want to just get someone and win now. So we'll see what happens with Deshaun. They but need way, They need way more than just a quarterback. Exactly. Like, a quarterback is not their only problem. So even if they do get Deshaun Watson, they're not just going to go and, and win the Super Bowl next year. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. Even with, even with Sam Darnold... I really think that he's a better quarterback than fans make him out to be. I think he just wasn't in the right system, and he really did not have the help on offense to help him out over there. And nope. I really think if he was on a better team in a system that worked out better for him and he had some weapons, I do think he could be a decent quarterback somewhere. I just think the Jets were not the answer. And, and even if they do get to Sean Watson, there's more work they need to do. So I'm, I'm with you. I think that they that they want their draft picks because they want to go for a rebuild yeah. that'll help them better long term. And I think that I think that the whole head coaching situation now they're in a much better situation now with their coach. I think that that's going to be a better situation for them. And I think I, I don't think that they want to because it, it would take getting rid of that number two pick, obviously. Yeah get to Sean Watson and I don't think they want to do that because I think they want those picks and they know that they need to do a rebuild that it's more than just a quarterback and if they do get to Sean Watson they'll have to give up a lot of those picks and it kind of cancels out a lot of opportunity for a rebuild and then they're still kind of stuck where they were exactly it's kind of like that whole hey you can trade this all to win now but it can come back to bite you later on which I don't think Joe Douglas really wants to do so we'll see what happens with the whole Houston situation many other quarterback situations uh, hopefully Jimmy ends up in Foxborough. That's just that's just my personal preference. I, yeah, I want that too. My top choice for them too. Yeah, just because like you know what he can be good, but everyone says he sucks. Look, if he stays healthy, like he led San Francisco to the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah, exactly. He knows the Patriots organization and the system already, and and Bill likes him as a quarterback and knows his playing style. So if he, if they can get if he comes to New England and they can get him some help, they actually really could be contenders. Exactly. You know what? Add some help. You know what? Develop the tight ends because like, even though like Keen and Asiasi didn't have the tiny year of most people hoped, Asiasi did show some prog- promise in that last game. Which I'm watching that last game, being like, where was this two months ago? Like <laughs> it was kind of like it was fun to see, but it was also like very annoying. Where I'm like, where the hell was this when we needed it? Because I feel yeah, like Bill just didn't care like, at that point. If it's coming up now when it doesn't matter anymore, but when we did need this to matter, like, you couldn't do this at that point. Exactly, exactly. But you know what? It, I liked winning that game week 17 because I was like, hey, we're 1-0 in the new year, and it kind of shows promise going into the offseason, what this team is all about. Um, just to, wanted to ask you quickly, is there any other points you want to touch upon for today? or? 
I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. I mean, it's going to be an interesting off season. I think it's going to be really hard to predict where things could go. We could have a because I don't think anybody really would have seen that coming with Matthew Stafford going to the Rams. I think that's a surprise for a lot of people. Yeah. I think we could see a lot of types of signings like that happen in this off season too. So I'm excited to see where everybody lands and what happens over the next few months once free agency starts. Exactly. Well, uh, anyway, guys, I think that's going to do it for episode 63 of YWC Football Talk. But before we go, I want you to plug yourself, Gabby. Where can the people find you, social media, and tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, sure. So I'm on all forms of social media, Twitter at Gabby Hurlbut 10 Instagram at Gabby underscore Hurlbut 10 um, and Facebook as Gabby Elizabeth. So I'm on all forms of social media. I also have a podcast called Boston Balling. Basically, I cover all Boston sports. I bring guests on the show every week that are in the Boston sports scene in some way. I've gotten to talk to some really cool people. We basically cover everything Boston related, but I always tell people you don't have to be a Boston fan to enjoy listening to the show. I have a lot of people that aren't Boston fans, but they enjoy listening to the show because we talk, we cover other things and other teams get brought up in conversation and everything else. So definitely hope to continue to grow a following on it. Boston Balling also is on social media. It has a Twitter page at Boston Balling, an Instagram page at Boston underscore Balling underscore podcast and a Boston Balling Facebook page. You can also find the show on any podcast streaming platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen to, you can subscribe to it there. So I hope to just continue to grow a following on the show. I hope people tune in. I, I drop an episode once a week. So looking forward to the future of the podcast. You know what? That's all great to hear, guys. Hopefully you go check out Gabby's podcast. Well, anyway, it was a blast getting to talk to you today. Gained a little bit of know about yourself and everything, too. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. And Gabby, you're always welcome back whenever. We'll try to figure out something uh, to talk down the road. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you next time on YWC Football Talk. Bye for now. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.